Welcome, everyone. This is another episode of That Record Got Me High. I'm your host, Rob Elba. As always, it's great having you here. And again, I'm talking to someone. It's uh, earlier there. It's a little later here on the West Coast from Boston, Massachusetts. He made his bones in Boston. He's drummed for Bullet La Volta, the Lemonheads, Juliana Hatfield. But now uh, living his uh, best life. Would, would you say that? Would you say you're living your best life in Los Angeles now? I'm the happiest I've ever been. Oh, so, good. Yeah. Okay, so living, I can, I can say he's living his best life in Los Angeles, California. But, but when it comes down to it, do you consider yourself an LA guy, or do you still consider yourself? Like, oh you know, no, a I consider guy? myself a Boston. You're guy. Boston. You are. Yeah. Okay. That, that's never going to go away. No, you can't. It's like you know, I still root for the Red Sox and the Patriots and the Celtics. Good. And there's, good for you. There's good no conflicts. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I can't. I'm not a Lakers fan. Um, Good, good. Yeah, I know. I have some friends that, that that move out there and they automatically became LA, LA, everything. And yeah, that's a bullshit. I, yeah, I, Not I at all. If I think um, I might, there's a strict chance that I might move back to the Northeast sooner than later. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yes. Right. yes. Uh, spoiler alert. But... Time will tell. Time will tell. <laughs> Time will tell. All right. But, but for now, Boston is going to loom large in this episode because... What is the uh, album and band that we're talking about tonight? The album we are talking about tonight is the first album by the Breeders, Pod, which I adore. Yeah, me too. And let me say that um, this is my third time on your show. I love coming on your show, but I don't know if you've noticed there's a theme I'm only doing Boston records. Okay, um, yeah, right. Uh, Dinosaur Jr. <laughs> you did, and then, of course, Mission of Burma. Versus, yep. which we were just discussing before, was a pretty yes. pretty heavy duty thing for Todd to to take on. But okay, intimidating, good. intimidating that one. Yeah, uh, yep. but this, yeah, I love. So uh, came out, released on 4AD, uh, May 29th, 1990. And yep. I will say, Todd, I remember uh, when this came out. I love this record too, but I don't think I appreciated. How creepy and how <laughs> sexual and all that stuff. I don't think I appreciated it at the time as I do, you know, years later as it sort of uh, there, revealed there is itself. A darkness that is oozing right? on every track. It is dark. It's like I feel like it's this beautiful fossil that's encased in ember. You know what I mean? It's like I don't know how to describe it. Like it's just it, there's a darkness, a sheen on all of it, um, and you think. I mean, the thing that's crazy about it is that when you start really diving into the lyrics, it is really creepy stuff. Yes, <laughs> it is. Yeah. Like at first, I thought this was a sexy record. I think when I first heard it, um, I was at a party, and I had not heard the record yet, and I was spending the night with a, with a woman at her house, and she played it, and it was sort of like when the CD would play over and over again all night, and we right. would do it all night long. Um, I just thought it was like sort of this great like record to fool around to. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's dark, and Steve's um, Steve Albini's production only adds to the darkness because I think you know the second PJ Harvey record sort of has that same vibe, right? Uh, 
brilliant. I just I think it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is. It was just sort of like a perfect, uh, you know, uh, time and for them all to get together and for Steve Albini and, and for Kim Deal, too, because you were. All right. So I'm assuming you were a, a Pixies fan when this came out already. I was a Pixies I'm fan assuming. I was friends with all those people. You right. Know? Um, and. The funny thing is, I saw the very first Breeders show, which was Kim and Tanya and two members of a wonderful Boston band called Ed's Redeeming Qualities. Well, yes, Ed's Redeeming um, Qualities. Driving on night, you could be a shadow, need the streetlight behind my home. Driving on nine, I sure miss you. Past the motel, give the dog a bone. Driving on nine. Yeah, because actually, uh, uh, Carrie Bradley yeah. is the violin so on here, and yeah, a band I, that I'd forgotten about and hadn't thought about in a long time. What they did was they did this sort of residency at the Rat every Sunday night for like three months in the spring of 1989. It was called Ed's Basement. And it was sort of like a variety night where like Ed's would play and then guests would play. And then if people wanted to do like weird side bands that weren't really part of their band, that would happen. And the first Breeders gig was at one of those Ed's Basements. And it was, um, yeah, Tanya, Kim... Ray from Ed's, Carrie from Ed's, and then some drummer. I can't remember who the drummer was. Um, um, but I didn't know where it was going to go. I thought it was just a one-time thing. And then right. a year later, this record came out. I think we were all just shocked at how good it was. Yeah. Well, I mean, th that's the thing with Kim Deal. Uh, you know, you sort of got the... And, you know, I don't want this whole thing. I don't want it to be a whole thing like Kim versus uh, Frank Black or Black Francis, whatever. But, but she obviously wasn't getting to do that. You know, she wasn't getting to do that much in the Pixies, what she could do as far as writing songs and singing and everything. So, you know... Well, after, after Gigantic, I think Charles... Like put down an edict saying he didn't want any more Kim, Kim songs. Right. And he picked these records. So she, obviously he had a big creative urge in her and she needed an outlet and um and it, i think tani was in sort of the same situation the muses I mean, oh was right 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 primarily Kristen's fan there was one or two wonderful tanya songs on each record right. um i think what they wanted to do was you know be able to co-songwrite and it sort of ended up being kim's thing and that's why tanya went on to start belly right right <laughs> belly which also that that first uh, belly album is is great too that, that's a great album Love it. Uh, actually, the first Julian Hatfield three tour in Australia was opening for Belly. We had the same manager, oh, nice. um, Gary, Gary Smith, and um, who just passed away. Rest his soul. Oh, that's right. That's right. But yeah, we toured um, Australia and Japan with Belly, and then Dean Fisher, who was the Julian Hatfield three bass player, and Tanya Donnelly got married, and they're still together. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's a, it's a little family affair. <laughs> um, this record, uh, just, yeah, 
Britt from Slint playing drums is a huge part of it. Right, uh, Britt Walford. Yeah, then now we did the Slint uh, Spiderland. Uh, Jay Reeve uh, came in and we did that episode, and that's always. And and all right, so you as a drummer, I got to imagine you a fan. You have to be a fan of Britt, right? I love Britt's drumming. Yeah, um, I think he's amazing, and I think I don't want to you know talk crap about anybody but i think uh the later readers record sort of missed the muscle that he provided on on this record right well he just has and and i've talked about this uh before on the show with other drummers the fact that you could you know yeah you have steve halbini producing it and he's got his mic placement and stuff but you could get different drummers and they're not going to sound the way you know the way a certain drummer hits their snare and hits their kick that's the real magic that that you're going to get right exactly and there's a there's a restraint on this record like they keep everything just bogged down there's never a moment of explosiveness and that's what's sort of incredible about it it's this tension and it's sort of sexual but it's like it's just like the sparseness and the you know there's there yeah like i said there's nobody you know just letting it letting it rip (laughs) oh right right yeah which i guess i guess in reading about it that was part of uh steve's influence like he was sort of telling them let's not you know mm-hmm. he, he likes to get things quick on one or two takes and he was yeah. and he sort of you know they were thinking maybe put more harmonies on it and he's and he's you know and he said no nah, let's yeah. try it and i think that really worked on this especially i mean obviously it just works yeah what, what, they whatever they did in, work i think they did it in a week i think it was really fast i read yeah um, i read that they originally they they booked it for two weeks whatever but they got it all done like in, in a week <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah yeah and all right so once again we're doing an album that uh, kurt uh, cobain which i feel like uh, all the time like his favorite you know kurt cobain has declared one of his favorite albums but i think i feel like especially listening to this this week I feel like Kim Deal maybe was more of an influence on him than uh, Black Francis in some ways. Definitely. Right? I think that's definitely true. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, good. You, you agree. Yeah, when, when Nirvana got huge, you know, he didn't ask Frank Black to tour them. He asked the breeders to tour them. Right. So. <laughs> right. Okay, there you go. Um, yeah. yeah, and there's, I just, yeah, it's just such a great record. And, and I like the fact, even though, yeah, Britt's playing drums, but it's such a female centric in a way you know but but coming at it from uh, just this because kim deal has this quality about her it's so great because it's so on the one hand she she could seem very very sweet and childlike and everything but then she's got this this edge oh yeah She's got edge. She's got right, right. Well, you probably know more than uh, yeah, more than some, but but that's just so cool. It it just all uh, comes across uh, so much on this record, especially. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's great. All right, so let's start listening to it. Um, the first song, "Glorious." Uh, now, reading about it, I just reading about the record, I discovered like because supposedly this describes an adult who has like some vague but maybe pleasant memories of being molested by an aunt as a child, which is a really yeah. dark thing. But that's not something I I would have gotten on my own unless I you know it was simply reading the lyrics. You you could not possibly get that on your no, own. No, like no. I, I read that Kim Kim mentioned that in a uh, in an interview, and that yeah, that's really dark. It's, it's dark really, really and cool. it's unsettling, but this but that's perfect for the song because the song definitely has an unsettling sound. Let's listen to Gloria.
Uh, I just you can't say enough about Brit like you said that relaxed style where it's just sort of yeah he's holding back and then he does these ghost notes these little ghost notes yeah. that come in it's like so it, it's something hard to uh, describe and for sure it's not something you could just tell some drummer hey do this you know <laughs> No, it's like it's it's like I was saying. It's like restrained yet muscular. And yes, it's just a, right. It's exactly. a beautiful balance. You know, that's really something. You hear every kick, yeah, every kick and snare. You you feel it, and it's like yeah, it's it, it has this heft to it, and the fact exactly. that it's so it, it's so slow and uh, it it just it, yeah, it's just just great and a really great opener. Like I I could still remember. I'm sure you do. Well, you probably really remember hearing it for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love the line scrabbled and we slept. I think that's like so poetic. Yes, um, scrabbled and we slept. Yeah. Really cool. She's great. She is great. She's really great on this record on like painting a picture and telling a story with very few words, you know, lot, mm-hmm. uh, leaving a lot to the imagination and stuff. But she I don't think I don't know that she gets enough credit for that, for her lyrics, the fact that they are so evocative without being wordy yeah you know exactly right and uh especially now we get this next one things start to move right away it has a really like pretty opening and then that that kind of tricks you in a way and then the song comes in but oh so great let's listen to Dell. Okay, so there's a lot to. Tricks you too. This has a lot of double entendres. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, please. Yeah, yeah, do you think? But you know, one thing yeah. I wanted to ask you, I I didn't realize till just this week going through the lyrics that what she says right at the beginning, trumpets. That she actually says trumpets, and then she does the da 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 da, and that's just so brilliant. Like not to yeah. have trumpets on there, but just to say that <laughs> yeah. and to sing a trumpet part. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Uh, yeah, like, like I said, she just charming. She she has this charming way of being, you know, like childlike and, but also matter of fact in your face. I mean, yeah, the uh, salty. It's salty, so salty yeah. to me. That makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, before I really realized what the song was about, which is basically about a couple with, you know, with some psychological issues burning their town down yeah i thought it was simply about you know oral sex right 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 same same 
Yeah. yeah. Like, either way, that's it. It, it. it definitely works at other levels, you know, at different levels. But uh, again, you know, she says with the so little thing, he knows it's good. It's real. It's pretty. It's so salty yeah. to me. I mean, <laughs> amazing. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> All right. And now we get into a um, it's kind of cool putting a, a Beatles cover like third on the record, right? Yes, Ballsy. very daring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, they make it their own, that's for sure. Like in the way that Devo did with Satisfaction or, um, you know, Butthole Surfers did with American Woman, they definitely take control of this. Yeah, this. I really feel like it's a perfect cover for them. I mean, it's just perfect how they, how it, because I, I went back and listened to the original Beatles one, and, and yeah, th- that has uh, attention in it already, but this amps everything up, right? It like turns everything it does. up to and they, and they kind of, they amp it up and then they abandon like the cheesy doo-wop-ness of the, of yes, the back yes, end yes. of the Beatles version. They just sort of like, don't do it. You're like, nope. <laughs> yep, exactly. But oh my God, those drums, when these drums kick in, it's just something. Let's, oh, listen, let's listen to it. Amazing. She's well acquainted with the touch of a velvet hand, like a lizard on a window pane. The multicolored mirrors on his hobnail boots Lying with his eyes while his hands are busy working overtime A soap impression of his wife which he ate and donated to the National Trust I know. All right. So, Todd, be honest with you now. I'm watching you listening to this and everything. And when you I know you I know you really don't play anymore. You you got other things. You have a career and you're you're an adult. But when you listen to this, does it doesn't it in some way make you want to sit behind uh, a a kit? Okay. I could see it just watching you listen to it in your face. Albini is riding the snare on certain parts of this too, like really hot. Like he's definitely like working the faders on this one. Right, right, right. So cool. And it's like picking this Beatles song. I mean, this isn't, you know, Maxwell Silver Hammer. (laughs) Right, right. <laughs> right, but uh, yeah, it's weird. It, it's like you said, they really make it their own without really yeah. changing up the arrangement or anything like that. But no. they still, they just no. take ownership of it and make it their own. It's it's really great. Yeah, yeah. Um, this next one is is O the next one? It or, is. Yes, O oh. is. Okay, this is my favorite song on the album. Ah, uh, okay. I just think it's beautiful. I think it's one of the most beautiful songs Kim's ever written. And we're not going to get to it because I know you only play the first half of the songs on. This, but um, her voice cracks. 
Yes, I know exactly. Hours. I know exactly what you mean. So I will add that in later too. I'll play the beginning <laughs> of it now, but I will. I know exactly because I was thinking the same thing, and I have that written that in my is, notes. That is so sublime. Like I think it might have even been a mistake. You know, I don't think she was maybe necessarily trying to hit that, and it is just so cool. Yeah, it's well, cool. there's some songs on here where she kind of goes for it, and uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's just beautiful. And there, this one especially, there's attention, and there's kind of sad. It has like a little sad quality to it also yeah, is, yeah. i think it's about insects getting stepped on yeah that's what i read that's what i read <laughs> all right let's do a little bit of oh So uh, Carrie Bradley's uh, yeah, violin, yeah, adding a lot. But uh, do you know this guy, Michael Allen, from uh, Wolfgang Press? You know what? I knew Wolf of Wolfgang Press. That was just one of those bands I never got into. Right. They're a 4AB band, right? No, but yeah, the name, the same with me. The name sounded vaguely familiar, but I didn't know anything about him. Yeah. Is he the guy doing the vocals? That is the, the guy. Yeah. I guess okay. appearance by uh, Michael Allen of Wolfgang. Yeah. yeah. I just think that that is such a beautiful song. That's like I said, that's my favorite on the record. And yeah. And I'm going to play the part. I'm going to play in the back when she, like you said, she just kind of goes for it. And, uh, and yeah, it's great. Her, uh, her voice. I mean, oh, it's just, I, I can't say enough because She's very rock and roll. At the end of the day, she's all about, right? I mean, she's all mm-hmm. about the rock and roll, and that's what makes it very, but like in a very charming way. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. It's, it's the lyrics. Like like I said, it's about insects, and saying, like, I'm going to run to the log that's rotten. Yes, know, yes, yes, yes right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> very poetic. Very all right, poetic. so now, now we go from this to uh hellbound which apparently well you you could say what is this what is this about this is about an abortion uh a fetus surviving an abortion i believe that's what i read which is which is d- dark that's dark <laughs> i mean i think really it's about just unwanted pregnancy and parents going through and having kids that they don't want right, because right, that right. is when you're truly hellbound or you're going to live a life when you're not loved and she throws in a line that says like marry me and i think it's because like it's somebody really realizing she's pregnant and she needs to get married and yeah, they're gonna have the right kids. right i think it's not necessarily about the abortion but that's definitely the imagery she's using yeah and and once again it's a great example like i said of her being able to tell a story and paint a picture with not that many lyrics but just like they really they really hit. Yeah, this, is, this is such a pop song and it's so dark all right let's yeah. listen to hell down 
a line. It lives despite the knives internal. I mean, oof. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty brutal. It is brutal, and it's like, and it's one, and and I feel like that's uh, especially uh, lyrically. That's why I was saying uh, Kurt uh, Cobain. I feel like she influenced was a big influence on him yeah. as far as that lyrically. I think, yeah. Agreed. Yep. Agreed. Um. All right. So when I was a painter. Yeah. This is the song I can't wrap my head. I have no idea what the song is about. <laughs> like, it's the only one. Right. This is the only one I have no clue. I love it. I love the I love the guitar riff. I love how sparse it is. Um, but right. I don't know what the hell she's talking about. Vaguely sexual again, like the uncomfortableness, uh, sexualness in there. But yeah, same with me. I, I couldn't really wrap myself around it. But musically, uh, it, it's great. It, it's like because it's it's so simple. Like like so many of these songs, they're simple but they're effective. They're so effective. Yeah. Uh, they're they're great. And I I give you know uh, sometimes I think Steve Albini uh, one of his uh, greatest talents is just to get out of out of a band's way and let a band mm-hmm. you know just be the band and and not get in the way of them. Which he, he has said himself. That's why he doesn't yeah. like to list himself as a producer. He just uh, a recorder. Yeah. Yep, just the engineer. All right, let's listen to When I Was a Painter. <laughs> it's so great, and 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 I I really love how sparse it is. How in the verses there's uh, not even bass. You don't even have the bass. You just have the drums and that one guitar, and then a little violin coming in. But it's just so sparse. And it's also so really daring because like when I would I was thinking about when I would bring songs into band practice, I would never bring in. I would never say check this out. Do 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 do. Oh right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that she has the 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 insight to make something out of that is is pretty pretty genius it, it is it, and, and it's genius and you're right I, I always say that it's hard sometimes you hear something and you don't realize how hard it that it sounds like the easiest thing oh that's just the easy simple riff but no to actually get something that like hits and that that yeah. you know that you get a reaction that's not easy <laughs> i would have been laughed out of the room if i had gone into a bowl of old practice with like the scentless apprentice riff, like don't do 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 do. All right, all right, drummer, go 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 back behind the drums. Shut up. That's so funny. That's so true. 
Um, And once again, all right, so this next one, Fortunately Gone, same thing. Simple uh, guitar, really sparse uh, guitar and bass, like Anchor It. Again, another dark one I read. It's about a woman who who has died but continues to obsessively... Watch yeah, I mean, that's how it starts. It says, I, I sit in heaven. You know, it's about, yes. that's the first yeah, line. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> it's, this is definitely the most pop song on the record, I think. Like, pure pop, sugary. Yep. But yeah, it's about, it's about a dead woman watching her, uh, presiding over her true love. There who's still go. on her. <laughs> Fortunately, God. I wait for you in heaven. This is, you know what? This is a really great pop song. It just is. It and, is. and I, I kind of forgot about this one when I was going through it yeah. again. I go, oh yeah, I forgot this song's on here. This is such it's a great pop song. And I, I'll say this, the thing we didn't talk about before is that um, it's she's not upset that she's dead and away from it. She's oh, right, right. She's still kind of uh, like cheery about it. Yeah, yeah. She's saying fortunately. Yep, right. <laughs> fortunately gone. Fortunately gone. I might have been a little sick of you. We got some space. Right. Until you right. Pass right. Yeah. Yep. There's that darkness in there. Now, exactly. so Kim, um, her sister came in. Uh, did she come in after this? Right. The next after album? this, I think on the Safari EP. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, which and, is also great. It is great. So this next one, Iris. All right, this is an issue. I I was probably hemming and hawing because I was getting uncomfortable already about getting into Iris because she said it's about menstruation. And obviously me and you are not ones. We're not going to sit and talk (laughs) and mansplain to anyone about menstruation. But from what I've gathered from the woman in in my life, because I have daughter, I have two daughters and I'm married. uh, Aside from the lyrics, the, the, the music, I feel like itself is probably a pretty good representation of that Mm -hmm. just because like some horrible thing that you that sucks and that you get every month and that fucks with your mood and does it you know it's like what a shitty horrible thing and i feel like she really paints you know that that's in that's in here i feel like it's baked in musically and lyrically yeah (laughs) so we can probably me and dad can't can't relate but we could appreciate it nonetheless yeah iris
You know, it, it, it's funny. They're doing that. They're doing that loud, soft, loud thing, but it's different. It like hits differently than the uh, Pixies loud, soft, loud. It's yeah, it's less predictable. And when they get loud, it's not it's not a corny loud. You know what no, I mean? No, like, no, right. Well, I was gonna say this is another one where she's really going for it, and it almost sounds like she's egging Brit on, like they're sort of egging each other on at that part. Yeah, it's um that again the restraint in that part right there. Yes, <laughs> right here where we just went out when it just drops out, and oh my god, yeah. It's so, and, and that, that's something you just have to, it's like I said before, it's something you just have to have or have to do, you know, it's not something, how many drummers do you know that would fill, would try and fill up that space more with like fucking extra symbols and it's incredible. shit. It's like not even a groove. It's like, he's, he's digging, he's like digging a trench. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. It's exactly. So good. But it so is. Good. It's so good. And, and yeah, and I just love how you could feel every, you know, like I said, his, his, foot coming down on that kick and then the snare coming in and he's got a way to just i don't know if it's even behind the beat i i i don't know it's not something i could quantify but it's something i could i i could hear and and i could feel in his playing and that's like i yeah. i realize i really like that with drummers i i appreciate that with drummers and like musically what it says to me is like just try to breathe and get through this yes like that's about, yeah that's right hard. exactly yeah and the fact that they convey that with just like so sparsely is is incredible yeah it's, yeah it is it is all right so opened uh once again real s- simple but uh, that's that's just what i said she's she's really good at writing these simple songs that uh, are deceptively crafty you know and that yes. like tell these little stories yeah, these these lyrics on opened are, are definitely strange. Yeah, <laughs> they are. Well, was this the one? I think it has to do with something the Brit, a dream the Brit had. Yes, or... right. That's what I read, which makes sense because he references uh, Kentucky in, in in a kitchen in Kentucky. So I think maybe maybe he was telling her about some weird dream he had, and I feel like that's that's what this is. Uh, that's right, Louisville. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got this Louisville in there. Listen to opened. Yeah, uh, it, it really just sounds like this uh, crazy dream that like uh, it doesn't really make any sense, but it's very yeah. And that guitar, that guitar that's just coming in there is really pixies-ish. So there are, Joey you know, I, yeah, I, I keep forgetting to bring up. I feel like yeah, definitely she's got some uh, Joey Santiago, you know, influence. Mm-hmm. Which, which you know, how could you not play in a band with him? And of course, you're maybe going to pick up some guitar influences, which is great. You could have much worse guitar influences than. Uh, and Joey. I think. Joey was really influenced by Tanya. I mean, the Breeders, I mean, the... Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Hurt. That's right. You're right. You know? And they, Pixies, opened for the Muses in England. 
Um, I think on their first tour. And so, yeah, there's probably just a lot of cross-pollinating going on with the guitar styles. Yeah, 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 I think so. Sort of like the anti-guitar uh, hero thing, which, which is great, yeah. which was always... Screw up, screw up every, um, every um, pattern, you know, purpose. Yeah, I think yeah. when we were, uh, a couple of episodes ago, we did Sebado, and I was talking to uh, the, uh, the guest, Keith, just about how musicians, and I'm sure you're of a certain age too, at a time, it was very refreshing to hear things like this, you know, and just very, yeah. so just so in your face and stripped down and you didn't have to do all these, you know, overdubs and go into this expensive studio. You could just lay shit down and right. It, it was Absolutely. Just, yeah. It was exciting. Uh, it was just a real exciting time. Yeah. I love that sub of the record. You guys did Bake Sale, right? We did. Yeah. Bake Sale. Yeah. That's a great, great album. Yep. It is. And uh, yeah. It, and it's just sort of the same thing like this. Like, uh, although it, it's weird with this, it, almost something like this, I feel like it's something that sounds like it almost fell out of the sky. Like, how did this, where did this come from? You know? Absolutely. But it's, <laughs> but it's just the right, like I said, the right people, especially I think them uh, getting Brit to come in and play on it, which I can't imagine. And, you know, it, it would not be the same record if it wasn't. Definitely not. Now, right? Definitely not. Yeah. yeah. Pretty huge part of it. Yep. Huge. For sure. Uh, all right. Only in threes. Uh, she wrote this with <laughs> Tanya. And uh, did you read about what this maybe is about? Yeah, it's about a threesome. <laughs> how to That's what I saw. <laughs> I don't yeah. get that. I would never, I wouldn't get that. Although like at, once you hear that, then some of the, some of the lyrics, maybe you could get that, but, um, I'm going to look these lyrics up while you play it. Okay. <laughs> you look it up and I'm going to play it only. Yeah. In <laughs> right there you go <laughs> yeah this is about a threesome yeah 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 <laughs> he's an ape he's an ape he's an angel that is so good yeah yeah it is it's really good because it doesn't it doesn't make it sound sexy <laughs> no it sounds awkward it sounds kind of awkward and uncomfortable which i i imagine that's usually how those things end up <laughs> All right, so this Limehouse, I feel like one of the heaviest songs on the record, and maybe yes. one of the only ones that's maybe not about sex. No, this is about um, smoking opium. I'm okay, sure. okay, it, it is, yeah. And that's, uh, and that's dark, too. It is, it is dark. And uh, yeah, and this, like I said, heavy song that hits really hard, but it's cool. I, I like it. Uh, let's listen to Limehouse.
great. Really, mm-hmm. really, really cool, uh, a differently put together song, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely about, yeah, like tar or like, you know, they re- reference getting mixed up in a sticky wicket, you know, something you can't get out of. And that's pretty, pretty much opium addiction. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I think there was a Sherlock Holmes uh, connection or something because. Yeah. Well, he was, he was a big drug user right. um, in those books. He uh, <laughs> solved a lot of the crimes and he would just smoke opium and figure things out. And so that's. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, all right, so now we have a really enigmatic, uh, open-ended uh, closer to the record. What's some? Yeah, yeah, and and it says with some uh, Spanish guitar from from Wigs, but I don't know. I guess I wouldn't have known that that's what that was unless I read that it was Spanish guitar. Can I pause here and just say something? We haven't talked about Josephine's bass playing. Which we is yeah, you, you're right. So- <laughs> Good. All right. Yeah, she you're right. Like, you're right. So solid. She's so locked in. Um, you know, Kim's a great bass player, and to be able to do that with the you know, under the watchful eye of Kim is pretty incredible. I just I think her bass playing is superb. It is. It is. Like you said, solid, locked in, and uh, once again, an, another thing that may sound easy and simple, but someone could really mess it up and <laughs> and yeah. uh, and not do it good, and and it would sort of it would sort of break everything apart if you didn't have this really great, solid, locked in bass player. Yeah, she's great. She is great. And I saw them, I saw them, well, I guess it was years ago now, but when they had their resurgence tour, and I think they toured Last Splash, whatever, and she was, it was the whole, you know, band back together. Yeah. And it was great. And, and uh, they were just so really good. And she was just great. I just, I just kept watching her. You know, usually with the Pixies, you would, a lot of times you'd end up watching Kim, but with the Breeders, yeah. I ended up watching, yeah. When I saw the Breeders back in the day, I don't know if it was on tour for this record or on tour for Last Flash. They did a cover of this is brilliant of Aerosmith's Lord of the Thighs. Oh Joseph, my God. Josephine sang it. And that but there's nothing funnier than a British LGBTQ woman saying, whether you like it or not, I'm the Lord of your thighs. Oh my <laughs> God, that's perfect. I'm gonna I'm gonna all night I'm gonna try and find that. There's gotta be a, yeah. a bootleg copy of that somewhere. Incredible, like brilliant cover. That just is. she she would do it so deadpan too. Like, <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's awesome. All right. So this one, uh, let's listen to the final song, Metal Man. Keep it going a little bit, at least. (laughs) But as we just being just repeating, that's hot. (laughs) Yes, which is hot, which is great. It's that's like so great. I I I love that. And uh, and you know, it's funny thinking about uh, listening to it. Even now, I could picture I could picture something like this, like 
coming out, like, you know, like a TikTok song or something getting popular, you know, like um, One Leg, how that got popular. It has a very timeless quality. Like some stuff from the 90s can sound dated, but this album, I don't think, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but this This whole life sounds dated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but this to me still sounds very adventurous and you know like it could be uh, timeless it has a very timeless that's why i picked it yeah i think it's i think it's timeless i think it holds up doesn't feel dated I, it's just it's a classic record it is it is and i was so i was surprised i obviously like i said when it came out i really love this record and i listened to it a lot but i haven't listened to it in a long time and i was surprised mm-hmm. how 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 much it it holds up and now i uh enjoyed it it's really enjoyed it funny because Last Flash hadn't come out yet, and I was in Europe touring with Juliana, and we had the same booking agent as um, both Frank Black and the guy who was doing the breeders, this guy, Jeff Kraft, and I was like, I'm telling you, Kim, <laughs> Kim and Kelly, you're going to be huge. And he's oh, like, right. no way. He's like, not, not a chance. He's ah. like, you know, Charles is definitely going to be huge. And like, the breeders went on and did it. Yeah, that, that last uh, Splash album was huge, right? Oh, God, enormous. Yeah, enormous. it was, but great. Deservedly so, and uh, and Kim's great, and uh, yeah, this is a really. Uh, this is a great, 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 fun I have emailed you back with the link to a live version of the Lord of the Flies. Really? Oh, you're good. That's, that's great. <laughs> awesome. All right. well, uh, that will definitely get inserted. This is like a quick, easy record to do. Since it, I don't have a bone to pick with this thing. And no, it's just <laughs> that's true. <top> bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Usually there's one song on a record that I don't care for, but oh, right, I love right. every song on this record. Yeah, it's perfect. I think I read, I saw a, a Trouser Press, it might have been a Trouser Press review where it said it was a near perfect uh, album. And I, I think that's it. I, I think, yeah, you really, there's nothing to quibble about on it, right? Nothing. There's nothing. nothing. So, uh, all right. So, Todd, no more playing, right? But you did, you know. Well, I, you know, that's not exactly true. I, um... Juliana, I, I went to Europe with Juliana in 2019. Oh, okay, okay. So, and uh, Last Lemonade Store I did was 2015, so it's not okay, that so far not back. That and we are talking about, um, it's been 30 years since the Hatfield 3 record came out, with Come Your I know. I can't believe I'm saying that. I mean, um, so there's chatter. Um, the three of us are starting to whisper to each other about maybe doing some sort of uh, tour for that. Oh, did, nice. We just reissued vinyl. Um, they did a 30th anniversary vinyl edition that is available at American Laundromat Records. Go check it out. Okay, great. Yeah, that's good. As long as you know what I say, as long as you you're still in a decent shape and are able, why not? Why the fuck not? Right? Exactly. My job's usually cool. They let me go do it. They think it's um, it's cool. It's cool. Of course, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. 
that's the coolest thing going on there i'm sure exactly (laughs) that's great but how now how long ago did you do because i thought it was really cool when a a bullet lavolto when you guys got together oh for bill's memorial yeah for bill's but but that that was really cool i thought that was really special and yeah because i remember you guys i mean you know know, many people in the podcast know i was in a band called the holy terrors but uh I used to be uh, in a band up in Boston, and I remember seeing uh, them, and they were uh, they were uh, they were the shit, and they were a fucking big deal. We were, we were out to destroy. And yeah. there was a there was like a two year time period. I'd say eighty nine ninety where we were pretty much the biggest band in Boston. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, right. When we put out the gift, the opening bands were Lemonheads, Buffalo Tom, and Galaxy Five Hundred playing first. Oh <laughs> yeah, you were in it. And now you know. <laughs> We were all friends. It was a very supportive scene, but um, that was that was a blast. But yeah, we did. We got together a year ago for our bass player passed away. We had a, mem- a memorial for him and um, played a few songs in the Middle East and it was fun. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And there were some videos for it. And uh, yeah, I, I love seeing that because I always tell, I mean, I tell people yeah. that, you know, really, if you still, if people, if you're still friends with the people and you could still do it, get together and do it once in a while because you never exactly. know all right. of a sudden. You're, yeah, you're, you're going to get the call or you're going to see that someone's not there anymore, right? Exactly right. And don't forget, everyone, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook. It's at that record got me high. Also, that Facebook group got me high on Twitter. It's, I can't believe I'm still on Twitter. It's at TRGMH Podcast. Uh, you can email me at TRGMH33 at gmail.com. Most importantly, if you want to help support the show and if you want to not hear commercials, you notice I'm still not doing commercials at the beginning of the show. Uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash TRJMH and for very little, as little as $2 a month, you become a patron. You could help out the show. I'd appreciate it. Todd, it's always great having you on. This was great. And uh, it's a blast. Let's not go so long. We'll do time. it again. I'm, on, I'm already thinking what a Boston band will he pick and what Boston <laughs> album will he pick next? But uh, we'll find I've got ideas. I've got ideas. I'm sure you do. All right. So we'll see you all next week. I'm Rob Elba. We're out of here. 